When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minnesota sports fans, we know all too well how it feels to sign up for a lifetime of purple pain. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? We're back for your Thursday edition of Before We Die on Purple Daily and Score North. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Brendel. These three guys, they're running three deep. We're going to count on them to bring a victory home for the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football against the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll dive into that contest coming up here in just a little bit. Guys, I want to start off with kind of a hot topic that I heard floating around the Twitter sphere, floating along around the chat rooms, Reddits, what have you. Justin Jefferson, Randy Moss. You know, we love to compare greats to graders, um, you know, but I see that comparison starting to be drawn. Is that a fair comparison to put Justin Jefferson and Randy Moss closely together? Are they two completely different players? Is one, you know, still better than the other? Or, you know, what are we thought? What are our thoughts there in general? It's it's you can't do apples to apples because they're so different as receivers. Early on in Moss's career, he was so physically dominant, right? Like you remember the the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving where it was like three catches for 170 yards and three touchdowns, and he, he would do that sort of stuff. Where Jefferson is he he has a more fleshed out game, um, more nuance. You can you can do more things with him, but he's not going to give you the same amount of explosive plays that Moss did early on. But statistically. Uh, Jefferson compares extremely favorably to Randy Moss at this point in their careers, despite being different. I was actually thinking about this a couple of nights ago about how Jefferson has elements of games of some of the great players that we've seen. There's some similarities in his, in his game to Moss. There's some similarities in his game to Chris Carter, like the, mm-hmm. the, the play where he didn't get the, his, his feet down in the end zone in, in, mm-hmm. in the game on, on Sunday, he was telling McCardle when he went back to the, the sideline that, you know, I tried to go dead. I tried to go dead, you know, go limp. So yeah. you get the, the feet in whatever that some of that stuff that he does reminds me so much of Chris Carter. The hands remind me of Chris Carter, the, the feel um, downfield utility. Some of that reminds you of Moss for sure, but Moss did it in a different way. Right. I think his downfield game actually reminds me a bit more of Jerry Rice than Randy Moss. And I know that's a, that's yeah. another hall of fame like comparison. I'm not trying to put him in the hall of fame right now. That's not what I'm saying, but I think those, those crossing routes and going over the middle and making guys miss after the catch, though, that's what Jerry Rice made a living on. And that's what brought him mm-hmm. to Canton. Randy Moss didn't do those things as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe because he just didn't want to, or maybe because he couldn't, but yeah. Randy Moss was that just physical specimen 
that dominated from game one. And the one thing I think about is, so Randy Moss shows up his first game. He has a couple of nice catches. I believe he had at least one, maybe two touchdowns. I believe against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back Mm -hmm. in 1998. I believe I could be wrong on that. So my apologies if I am. Remember, someone will tell you if you are, don't worry. Oh, 100%. Let him know in the comments. Come for him. Do it. Just. (laughs) Just rip me to shreds in the comments like you already do. Just tear me apart so I can't sleep at night and feel awful about myself. But remember, Justin Jefferson, the first few games of his career with the Vikings in the past regime, we actually didn't see him a lot. His breakout took a few games into the season. So I I find that part interesting. Not that that had anything to do with him, but it's really interesting when you make that comparison to Justin Jefferson and Randy Moss now that perhaps maybe Justin Jefferson game one could have had a bit more impact than the Vikings let him show off a few years back. But I liken it more to Jerry Rice, but I also look at it this way. You know, you a lot of people say, no, 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 Moss was better. You can't compare him. I say, why, why not? It's a good thing for him to be compared to players like this. It doesn't mean he is or that he isn't. But just the fact that you're having conversations like this shows a few things. One, the team is relevant. One, the team might actually be pretty good. Three, he's good. And oh, by the way, it's fun to talk about these things. (laughs) Have fun talking about these things. Is he Randy Moss now? I don't believe so. Is he Jerry Rice now? I don't believe so. Can we be talking 10 to 15 years from now about a guy that's going into the Hall of Fame on his first try? Absolutely, I believe that. But we should let it play out a bit more. But he is really, really dang good. I mean, I'll play the negative Nancy here. I hate, comparisons. I hate comparisons like this. Like, first of all, why can't he just be Justin Jefferson, right? Like he, you can pull out similar traits to every single great. And that is, that's exciting for him. And granted, there's that excitement because we haven't seen a receiver like this probably since Randy Moss, right? I mean, you want to have that energy. It's similar to what Kirill Kaprizov is doing with the Minnesota wild. And yet he's a better player than Marion Gabrick, the one player that he's often compared to in the wild sphere of things. Um, But I do like I always like LeBron and Jordan, Kobe and Jordan, like they're all different players playing at different times against different defenses with different quarterbacks in this instance. Like those comparisons to me, while they're kind of they are fun. I just think they're kind of all for not sometimes like I just I Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson and he's going to do his thing. And I'm willing to bet that's the approach Justin Jefferson takes on it, too, because he seems like the kind of guy that wants to make his name on his terms in his way. Um, So all the more kudos to him. Speaking of our boy, J.J., Let's talk about him being named Nickelodeon MVP player of the week, which is very exciting only because I love what Nickelodeon's doing with football. They started that last year with the slime zone end zone type of thing, just as a way to engage more fans, um, which I think is always important, even at the highest of high NFL level. But that led to a slime off, which Kevin O'Connell said he will always take the slime for the team. Something you guys, we would never see Mike Zimmer do in a hundred years. I can't even imagine that possibility. I mean, it's just another way that the, it's speaking to the positive change in the culture in the Minnesota locker room. It for sure is. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't watch that video that the Vikings put out online where they, they, you know, the Jefferson's got the slime and then, you know, O'Connell's like, I'll, I'll take this. I'll always take this slime. And then, you know, he, he gets slimed and then Jefferson's like, you know, rubbing it out of his hair and stuff like that. And the, the whole team's just loving it and, and, yeah. and hooting and hollering. You couldn't watch that and not compare it to like the Zim when he's grabbing cousins and shoving them at the end of that game or, or, you know, some of that different stuff that the differences in their disposition 
it's it's as striking as the differences in their philosophies on the field. It's yeah. it's it's polar opposite on on all these different levels. But yeah, it was it was hard to watch that one without sort of getting a tear tear in your eye when, when you knew how much the the team hated the pass coach. I think <laughs> I think early on Zimmer, the one that would compliment he remember. 2014 Mike Zimmer the team would lose games and he'd be happy he'd say you know you know what though we did good things today Mm -hmm. I like the process then a few times he was almost more angry when the team won because he didn't like what they did he didn't like the process I think early on Mike Zimmer might have done that the last few years of Mike Zimmer who seemed a little bit beaten down and that he didn't like his roster maybe didn't like the people that he worked for and didn't agree with any of the decisions Mm. that Mike Zimmer wouldn't have done it. But I do believe early on Mike Zimmer did show a bit more character than the current or the last later version of Mike Zimmer. I want to give props to Nickelodeon too. One they're they're doing a great job connecting kids to football and explaining football to kids. And to me. So that's, (laughs) I think, I think to all of us, there's not one person on this pod right now, before we die, that wouldn't take that slime for any reason. And maybe Thor and I will get to that in about a month or two. We'll talk about that. I was going to say, I'm disappointed that we didn't include that in our Iowa, Iowa state because Thor would have been getting slimed. It would have been glorious. Um, Yeah. We'll have to remember that that's an option for next year or for the gopher game. I think Thor and I might be able to pull something off and get the before we die in purple daily faithful behind with a charity component. But yes. also, did you guys take note of the nice little trophy yeah. that Justin Jefferson gets one? It's like a mini Lombardi trophy, <laughs> but it it's it. Nickelodeon just did a great job with it. It looks legit, but it's also true to Nickelodeon style, which I right. thought was just hilarious. No. So it's- Good stuff, and I got a feeling uh, KOC will take that slime a few more times this year. Probably not always for Justin Jefferson, but Thor's convinced me. I was looking at the Viking schedule again last night. Really tough to find more than a few losses, if you can even trick yourself into that. Which uh, brings I, me I, to my next I point. Say that, I say that with some jest, by the way. Always, always. They're still <laughs> not going to take it. Brings me to my next point. Vikings Super Bowl odds. Vegas is all in on the Minnesota Vikings. They are looking at a 22 to one to win the Super Bowl. The number 10 team um, odds are eight and a half to one to win the NFC, which means just getting to the Super Bowl. Uh, guys, again, one game. It's been one game. Is it a little too uh, presumptuous to think that these odds are going to remain in the Vikings favor as highly as they are? Not at all. In fact, I still think there's a little bit of value on the Vikings right now. In in the mathematical models, they are ahead of 10th in, in the NFL. I think I saw sixth on 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 a, on a few of them, um, maybe even fifth on a couple. Um, having them at ten, I, I just feel like it's it's still a little bit too low. And and by the way, uh, the book that 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 I'm looking at, they have them beneath the Packers and as well for the the NFC odds. So I I don't know. I, I think I would have had those those flip, but certainly the result last week catapulted the Vikings. They weren't even close to tenth on on this odds board last week. I mean, I think it's it's. It's one game. I liked what I saw. I will say it again. I said it on Monday in our first episode of Before We Die this week. Um, I It's one game. I need to see a little bit more. And that big test is going to come Monday night at Lincoln Field against the Philadelphia Eagles because they have 
one of the better defenses. They've got really good, not excuse me, one of the better offenses, not defenses. Take it back, guys. I'm taking it back. I don't think their defenses are that great. Uh, <laughs> their defense is good too, but. Oh, the uh, comments are going to light you oh, up. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. I'm telling, go for it. I apologize when I make errors. Um, but speaking of then Monday Night Football, Philadelphia Eagles, Thor, Mr. 12 Vikings win over here. What do you have slated for Monday at Philly? I'm going to take one of the five losses that I got, that I got the bullets on. Um, I, it's a, and it's not going to be any indictment of the Vikings at all. If they happen to lose this game, but it's a really tough spot. You, I mean, we, you know, we had talked about how advantageous the spot was for the opener of getting the Packers in your home stadium for the first game of the O'Connell era, when they don't have tape on, on any of his schemes, you know, vis-a-vis the Vikings and they don't have tape on any of the, the starters because they weren't playing in the preseason. You sort of got to ambush them there, but now everyone's been pumping your tires for the last five, six days. You have to turn around, travel out to Philadelphia for the, this Monday night game. Mm-hmm. Th- this in, in handicapping parlance, this will be your classic letdown game a- after an enormous victory. Um, I, I think it's probably going to be fairly, I think it's going to be close. Um, there's a, there's a similar line in this game than there was in the, the Vikings Packers, uh, Vikings currently are underdogs by two points. Eagles are favored by two points. So it's, it, you know, Vegas sees it as, is very, very close. I just think because of the spot that could be difficult for the Vikings to overcome after they just had that monumental win they did. I think this is where coaching matters a little bit to your point, Thor, about, well, people have been telling you for five, six days about how great you are because of your one win. I think a good coach will relay to his team, A, you're not that great. It was just one win. But I also want to want to push back a little bit or challenge you a little bit on just how much tape is going to be out there on the Minnesota Vikings. We, we probably only saw a quarter of what they're going to run this year, especially because I do think they would never say this, but I do think when the game got fairly comfortable the Vikings dialed it back a little bit Philly is not going to know everything the Vikings are going to attempt to do Mm -hmm. and I would say if you really want to get the Vikings faithful behind you or just those kind of closet on the perimeter Minnesota Vikings fans go to Philly and win this game I'm not going to bury you or feel bad if you don't win it but winning it is a is a great opportunity to really get people behind you early but I actually want to circle back to the, the odds and, you know, how much does it matter that you brought up Jesse and, and should we get behind it? I, I look at it right now. And I think NFL coaches would tell you this. They kind of view one, every game as it's, is a season to a degree, but a lot of them view the season as month by month. I really still think for as excited as I now am about the Vikings and it's more than it was a week ago. I still need to get through four or five games to really formulate opinions, not just for the, for the Vikings, but for the NFL. Does mm-hmm. anybody really think the bears are going to challenge the Vikings <laughs> for the division? I don't, I do think the bears are going to be better than people think they're going to be, but I'm not going to say their one win over San Francisco is going to make them a playoff team. I think we just need to let this all play out, but I, I, I do think you know, the Eagles are going to see some stuff that will surprise them a little bit. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. And I do, I will say a win on Monday in Philadelphia will push my meter slightly more toward the favorable Viking side. Cause I do, I think 
it's a totally different game. It's a Monday night football game. We'll get to what we need from Kirk Cousins. But I mean, there are a couple things that I think they need, the Minnesota Vikings need to absolutely fix <clears throat> heading in to Monday night's game. First off, the interior offensive line. We talked about it Monday. We know the problems Garrett Bradbury has. <clears throat> we talked about rookie Ed Ingram being kind of an issue and some of the pass protection being an issue, even in that Green Bay victory. Do we think that Ingram gets that step toward improvement, having that first game under his belt? I'm sure there were some jitters, some nerves, um, and he didn't play horribly. Again, it wasn't like the interior line was absolutely terrible. It's just been what it has the past few seasons, which isn't great. So do you guys think that we see an improvement there, namely in rookie Ed Ingram? Well, Jesse, I told you there will be no Ed Ingram slander on the, on the pod. <laughs> Keep um, going. Yeah. Well, the, the, the pass pro stuff is, is what you want to clean up a little bit. Like you mentioned, there was a couple reps there where he made mistakes. Um, but the run game, like we talked about in the last episode, he was really good there. You go back to the tape. He was moving people. That guy's got dynamite stick for hands, right? Yeah. Just blowing people backwards. Um, I, I think the pass pro stuff to me, that came off as an experiential thing. There's nothing that is beyond his physical capacity. So I, I, I do think that that's something that, that, you know, he's going to keep getting better at. And one of the things that I really like for, from that game, just like, a, you know, if you zoom in is he was helping out Bradbury, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, he, and, and his game behooves Bradbury. You know, he's a power player that can control opponents, whatever you help him out with, with Bradbury's guy, he's going to move that guy in a way that Bradbury can't Bradbury got stood up a couple times in the run game. Then Ingram would come over and just blast someone from the side. The, the guy that Bradbury was on all of a sudden he's out of the hole. Right? right. And, and, and so that, that's something new for us. And and again, it it complements Bradbury's game very well. Cause that ain't what he is good at. Exactly. And you mentioned the run game. That's going to be, that's my second key to this week against Philadelphia is the Minnesota Vikings are really going to have to watch that run game. Eagles had 216 rushing yards last week in their victory over the Detroit lions and had one of the best, if not the best rushing offense in the NFL last season. I mean, do you think the Vikings Ingram namely again are up for the task to, to really focus in on stopping the run game more than anything? Well, the, so the Eagles did run the ball. Well, their run defense, though, stunk against the Lions. They gave up 144 mm-hmm. yards to DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift averaged 9.6 yards per carry in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were able to shut down the passing game of the Lions, of course, but that's Jared Goff. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the Eagles right now, they're sitting back there and they're trying to fix some stuff. And, you know, vis-a-vis their, their run defense and their run fits. Because, again, Swift was, was just slashing them. Um, but yeah, the, I, I think, you know, when you're talking about the passing game, um, they would definitely have some things ready for the Vikings with blitzes and stuff like that. Cause they saw some of those pressures that were derived and some mm-hmm. of it was because, um, I, I had this discussion on Twitter, but there was a big discrepancy between the Vikings pass blocking efficiency numbers and their pass block win numbers. Like they, they were near the top of the league in one and near the bottom of the league in the other one. And I was trying to ascertain why the enormous difference just for one game? How could they be great? It's so different. And it appears what it was, was uh, uh, snaps where Cousins held, held onto the ball for more than two and a half seconds because mm-hmm. there's like a cutoff of, of the pass block win rate um, where the pressures would be derived after that. So so maybe the Vikings will, will try to, you know, a, a, another counter chess move to what the Eagles are going to want to do and, and try to encourage Cousins to get the ball out a little quicker. Well, right. we'll see about that. But like you mentioned in the last episode, Kirk was showing some better mobility and, and better movement in the pocket than we had seen in recent seasons. So hopefully he's he's also ready for that. 
you know, and I think Minnesota is going to have the opportunity to expose a weak de- defense. Not good. I apologize for earlier saying it was good. It's weak. It's not great. It's bad. Uh, the Eagles defense is ranked number 21 in defense adjusted value over average, allowing 35 points, nine to 14 third down conversions and touchdowns in all four of Detroit's drives into the red zone last week. So, I mean, huge opportunity for Minnesota, especially when you saw KOC at first really go for it on some of those fourth downs. Do you think he's going to just have to up the ante a little bit and say, yep, we're, we are going to really pressure it knowing that the defense is a little bit of a soft spot for Philadelphia. 1000. Yeah. 1000%. He, that guy is not afraid. You know, one of the biggest criticisms of Zimmer, what would be when he, when he would get a lead, he would coach not to lose Kevin O'Connell, every decision he makes, he is coaching to win the game. Aggressive, 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 and it's all situational. Um, like there, there, you know, Scott Frost, the, the college football coach, he would be selectively aggressive in really weird spots and, and sort of go YOLO where it wasn't logical. Yeah. Everything that all of O'Connell's decisions, they're from a, a logical place. And sometimes the logic is going to tell you to do what the public would think would be risky or aggressive when it's actually just the statistically correct decision to make or, or to do. Right. Yeah. I'm also not one of those people that says never kick a field goal when you're inside, maybe the two, three or four yard line. I think there are cases where you would do it depending on where you're at in the game to take a two score lead. Maybe you're doing it at the end of the half to guarantee points. Maybe you're doing it when you're 64 yards out and you don't want to give the ball to your <laughs> super million dollar man. On a that was crazy. Football. Oh, my yeah. God. All right. Anyway, sorry. Had to get it out there because I'm still not over it. Still that not was, over what I witnessed that was, on that Monday. Was crazy. That was actually but, crazy. Uh, but my point being, if you go for it on fourth and goal from the two and a half and you don't get it, more than likely, if your defense only allows one or two first downs after that or three and out, you're going to get the ball back already in scoring position or near it. So that's why I'm in favor of going for it more often than not thinking, okay, so I missed out on three this time because I didn't get it. But the next time I get the ball back, I'm hoping we're going to score a touchdown. So it's still a net gain. I'm in favor of going for it as often as you want when it makes sense. I'll I'll preface that because I know there'll be some comments of, well, why don't you kick the field goal here? And I, I get that. Yeah, But I'm saying more often than not, you know, our guy Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. Touchdowns mm-hmm. win games yep. more often than not, unless it's a field goal as time expires. Mm-hmm. Field goals don't really win you games. They often prevent you from winning. I mean, they would have helped Iowa beat the Cyclones last weekend because they didn't cross the Unbelievable. first rush. It just Unbelievable. never ends. Never ends. Um, we we should have also had a, a clause in that in that bet that you can't bring it up afterwards. I did. Molotov cocktails. Jesse's just plane. lobbing them from the street still. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Amazing. I'm all yeah. on it. Um, yeah, no, and again, that goes to my last key, I think, for the Vikings to win is just keeping that pressure on. Ross, you had mentioned it earlier. I mean, we saw them kind of let up in that second half against Green Bay because it looked like the win was already theirs and he's keeping some things in the pocket. But I don't think you're going to have that opportunity in Philadelphia. I think you're going to have to keep attacking, keep attacking, which as Adam Thielen said in our, they said it on Monday, he's never been a part of an offense that's able and willing to do that. So I'm excited to see what else. Do you guys think that maybe they are going to, mix in Dalvin cook and some of the, the run game a little bit more too, or do you think they're going to keep with having a very heavier pass game uh, against the Eagles? I, I think they're going to, they're going to be watching that tape of Eagles lions and seeing Deandre Swift do whatever he wants to do. 
Yeah, yeah you 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 can bet that Delvin is going is is a key part of this game plan for sure. They're right. going to force the Eagles to prove that they can stop him before you know they flower it out. Um, I think Madison will have success in in this game too. I, yeah. I don't think you need to give Cook thirty five touches, but they're absolutely going to test that Eagles run defense early and often. Yeah, and Thor, that's what I'm interested to see is what do they do with the the running back rotation? I don't know if I would call it a true rotation against the Packers, but I know at least for me, and I do like Alexander Madison, but I think I, I, we saw more of him than I was expecting to. And again, just a hunch is I think that they're doing that to try and keep Cook as fresh as possible and maybe prevent some of those injuries that have cost him games here and there. Because, you know, not trying to be negative, but it does kind of seem like a given that Dalvin Cook's going to miss a few games. He he does, I think, well, not think, we know every season. So I'm I'm thinking that that's what they want to do to try and, yeah, Thor's like, no, he never misses me. <laughs> I, I, not I'm this thinking, year. We ain't going to jinx him. I, well, and and maybe they won't because of, uh, you know, trying to work on the workload a little bit. So I, I want to see if that continues week two against the Eagles, how much we see Madison in comparison to how much we see Cook. I do expect to see them both active in the passing game again, which I think is fun. Well, you know, I love that you brought that up because I was going to bring that up as well. Alexander Madison playing and getting significant rotation in last week against the Packers. And you guys are both right. I think likely to do so against Philadelphia. Does that change your mind earlier before the season even started? There was the rumors about teams calling uh, on Alexander Madison and trade him. And I think a lot of people were kind of okay with that idea. Does that change your guys' opinion at all on that? I mean, obviously I love the idea of having him there because he's a very capable back plus to keep Delvin cook healthy, I think is imperative. I mean, do you guys like that idea more or still kind of like meh? Cause again, just rumors, just calls they're happening all the time, but it seemed like there was some traction to that possibility. They made the correct decision unless, mm-hmm. unless they there, I don't think there's any chance that they got offered a third round pick. I think a trade would have happened then, but I also don't think that they got a fourth round offer either. Um, and, and when you don't, you can keep Madison for the, this coming season, he's going to sign with someone else in the off season. The Vikings are probably going to get a six round comp pick when he leaves might even get a fifth though. If you look at the formula, it's based both on signing bonus, but also percentage of snaps that the guy takes the, the next year. So, so it'll kind of change whatever, uh, mm-hmm. the Conklin Con- or Gronklin as, as we call him, uh, signed with the jets over the off season. Right now, the Vikings are projected to get a fifth-round pick for him. I, I think it's pretty reasonable to think that Madison could garner as much or more in the free market that Conklin did and to a team that is going to be playing him all the time. So you're going to recoup that draft pick on the back end, and we're already seeing his utility for this season. He's already showing that for this isolated one season, that's a value in and of itself, being on, on the roster. He mm-hmm. can do a whole bunch of different things that – um, we hope that Nwangu and Ty Chandler can do uh, down the road um, and, and the coaching staff is, is developing them and t- towards that same idea. But for right now, Madison is a clearly superior back to, to both those guys. And, and one of the other changes sort of of the equation of how a lot of people were talking about it before the Vikings now are a legitimate NFC contender. They're a legitimate playoff contender. And so, whereas before you were like, Oh, why would you keep a backup running back on a, on a 500 team or whatever. It's like having a closer on a 500 team. Um, The Vikings are going to be better than that. And as we see with O'Connell as well, the the way that he uses the different players' skill sets, not just the starters, the the backups as as well, it's so smart. 
So I, I, he's going to put Madison into advantageous situations all season as well. Yeah, and to Thor's point, the more Madison plays, the more of a compensation pick you would get for him. Yeah. So there, so there is that element to it. And I also think at this point, if they didn't trade him before week one of the season, they would have to get an insanely good offer to trade him now before week eight of this season and feel really comfortable with what they have behind him. So I think the odds of him moving at this point are incredibly low yeah, in the not. words of in the words of the great Canadian philosopher Justin Bieber you never say never but I also don't think it's very likely at all <laughs> did you just toss it to Justin Bieber <laughs> I did I did wow. hate wow. comment me below hate comment My below. God. that's not even his best song I mean geez all right we'll try to move past that well that, that, uh, that, that'll be the next episode <laughs> we'll, we'll rank Bieber's songs I will fight I will fight to forever for Justin Bieber Oh man, we're just losing sure followers every single time we speak. Every time we open our mouths, people the like, these the people are the worst in the world. <laughs> you know, but this is a good transition, a little segue to they said it. I found a quote. So we started this new segment last week where we're finding quotes from rivals, from the team, whatnot, and kind of breaking them down. Justin Jefferson, not to make the show all about Justin Jefferson, but probably the entire season is going to be all about Justin Jefferson, let's be honest. So A.J. Brown, top receiver, who probably would have been the top receiver last week had Justin Jefferson not outdone him, um, said this on J.J. Soon he'll be one of the highest paid receivers to ever play the game. He's a special talent, and I know we got our hands full with trying to stop him. Now, we all know he is a special talent, and we all know the Eagles are going to struggle to stop him. What I really found interesting about that is highest paid receiver to ever play the game. How tight and tense do you think Vikings brass wallets are right now hearing something like that? Because they are going to have to pony up a pretty, pretty penny to lock in Jefferson for the long term in the very near future. I Well, I, I do have one quibble with this quote. I would swap out the word receiver for non-quarterback. He is going to be one of the the highest paid players of all time. Whenever he signs that extension, it, the only people that are going to be north of him are the quarterbacks. He's already the best receiver in football, and the guy's, what, 23? Mm -hmm. uh, like, I mean, he is going – they're going to – of course the Vikings are going to have to back up the Brinks trucks and are going to do so happily, but it's not just that he's going to be the highest paid receiver, which you could argue that if there wasn't such a thing as rookie contracts, Jefferson – should be paid as the highest paid receiver already. But yeah. certainly when that contract runs up, um, that's what's going to happen. And I know Jefferson was asked by media recently saying, what do you think about the contract? And his response, quote unquote, was very, I'm focused on the season. That's not my goal, which you love to hear, right? I know us Minnesotans, we love a guy that wants to be here. Hopefully they can find the money to do so, which they should be able to. Uh, but first first things first, let's get to that Super Bowl chances, uh, increase them. I'm still on a solid nine to eight, guys. I told you, maybe I'll increase those odds myself if they win. Come on. Really on money. I can't. How are you going to be a nine and eight after where you not just drinking, saw? not drinking the full Kool-Aid yet. I can't do it. I just can't. Someone's wow. got to be realistic on this podcast. And it's I don't not think that's you, realistic. So it's not I don't, I, I don't think it's realistic. <laughs> 12 and five is real. You think a right, final question for the good of the group too, circling back as we get to before we, before our dies, can Kirk cousins be the Kirk cousins? You need him to be on Monday night football, primetime football, in Philadelphia, is he going or is he going to go back into what we've seen Kirk Cousins do in such games? That's the beauty of having this game in week two. We'll find out. We get to find out early in the season. I don't know. I got a hunch the team's going to play well. Doesn't mean they're going to win the game, but I got a feeling it'll be a good game, which of course would happen to mean that Kirk Cousins logically is probably playing pretty well in the game for that to happen. So 
I, I, I'm hopeful it won't be one of those Monday night games where the team loses and you can point to one person as the reason why I'm hoping that that's not the case, but I think we'll get, I think we'll get good Kirk cousins in prime time. I really do. All right. Thor's going to just remain moot on the subject. You don't No, I'm, no. I mean, well, first of all, <laughs> do I think he's going to have a solid performance? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, Cause he's such a perfect fit for this system. And cause the, the weapons are so ridiculous, but I, I would also say like, I, I want to prematurely push back against the, the narrative of, of like, if he throws an interception or whatever, where people are going to be like, Oh, he's not good on primetime games. It's like, this is a whole new season with a whole new scheme. He no longer has restrictor plates slapped onto his tires. Like he did in the offense with, with nepotism, Kubiak and Zimmer and, 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 and all those different guys. Uh, if he, if he has, you know, a downish game compared to the last one, I don't think we should, you know, start up the whole narrative again of he's bad in primetime games or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah. they will. So that's, you know, we're whatever. not putting too much weight on it. No, there you go. I like it. Uh, now, as we close up this episode, speaking of two, next week's Monday night episode or Monday episode will actually be on Tuesday following Monday night football. So please be sure to recall that. But before we die, before I die, I will slime Thor due to a cyclone victory over the Iowa Hawkeyes. That is my before I die. <laughs> I have like a couple more days to live this out before they both play new games and it doesn't matter anymore. Well, my before before I die is Ross is getting slimed when the Iowa Hawkeyes go into the bank <laughs> and upset the Gophers. And it's going to require an upset. Uh, I, I ran my numbers last night and they were projecting Minnesota is almost a touchdown favorite at home against Iowa. But I still believe and Ross and I are going to make a slime bet and you are, are going to see Ross get slimed. I, I kind of think... want to slime Ross just for the Bieber take alone, but like neither here nor there. We could play I... Bieber in the background, incorporate the whole deal. Perfect. Yeah. I think before we die, Justin Bieber's gonna gonna blow the horn before a Vikings game. That's that would actually be happen. sweet. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, and, uh, a real before we die. I got a real before we die. Okay. There will be a Deion Sanders like player who plays in Major League Baseball and the NFL in the same season. We'll see another one. Russell Wilson. Okay. I think Russell's probably too old for it now. Kyler Murray's probably too old for it now. Kyler could have done it. But it, Can but I say, it I did not appreciate Kyler Murray's slow start last week. It really killed my fantasy numbers. Oh, numbers. of I course. Was really ner- but I okay. had Kareem Hunt okay. and I had last, Steelers defense. I won. Last Jesse in the comments for telling us all about her fantasy football team. I want to know. Don't worry. My, my kid's soccer team is 1-0 <laughs> too. I'm pretty much the undefeated person, so uh bringing winning to this podcast some way one way or another wow. cyclones are wow. also one and zero against the hawkeyes so don't forget again this is before we die i'm jesse pierce he's thor dice jeremy's ross brendel maybe we'll all be back next week maybe he'll just be me we'll change the show uh to winning or something like that but uh you guys are the best leave your comments below again we will have next week's episodes on tuesday instead of monday so it'll be tuesday thursday uh stay tuned and uh go vikes skull